It is episode Mang Mang of Love and Other Broken Bones, the podcast, and yet I still don't have a signature intro. Like, listen, honey, <laughs> but hey, we are here. Welcome to it. It's Love and Other Broken Bones, the podcast. Welcome to the conversation. If you've been binge listening, which I hope you have been, then welcome to another conversation. <laughs> we are glad to have you back. It's such a pleasure. Matter of fact, it's so fulfilling to bring you these loving, affirming, and validating conversations. We are still running the Yanez series on love and other broken bones. We've had a good amount of conversations and covered interesting topics. And I've been listening to a couple of episodes and I find myself going, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, ne, just yeah. <laughs> you know, but I'm glad that the people around me like are, are doing the work. That, that really brings me great joy. And speaking of doing the work and things that bring me great joy, today I am in conversation with a phenomenal human who brings me great joy. You know, as you would have caught on by now, like the past few episodes saw me in conversation with people I, I, I consider my guides, you know, and some of them in my heads are my adopted siblings <laughs> in my head. So I'm opening up with them, hearing their thoughts, um, finding out about their Yanya moments. And... When I introduce them, you know, I try not to list their accolades and achievements or like outline their CVs. I rather try to make you as the listener, like understand what my guest means to me, right? So with today's guest, she's very much a guide to me. So one of those people one thinks about and you think, wow, I can't believe I actually know you. You know, she is quite a freeing person. There are a lot of things that she says and shares that, that, that gives me permission to, you know, to feel. You know, there are a lot of concepts that she brings up and they allow me to to put a name on a couple of things I'm experiencing, you know. And I'm hoping that you, as a listener, will experience what I experience when I am in conversation with her. To experience the warmth, to experience the brilliance, and most importantly, like to hear her voice because when she speaks, she sounds like everything is going to be okay. Lebuchang, hello! Oh my gosh, my heart is melting. <laughs> you didn't tell me you were going to go that way. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm just really speaking the truth, you know? Just really stating what it, what the truth is. Oh man, thank you so much for that. That's so affirming. And I really just feel like your words are a warm hug. And that's what Aww. we need in these trying times. Right. Warm hugs. Right. The people that we love and adore. Especially given like isolating and exactly. Oh my exactly. goodness. Oh my goodness. But um I, are you well? How are you? Um I haven't checked in <laughs> with myself <laughs> in a very long time. And I say this with absolute shame because I'm a big mm-hmm. believer in being conscious of yourself and of your yes. but this yeah. year has been so taxing i genuinely have not been able to check in with myself so i can't answer that honestly to be honest no no i i feel you i hear you i i really really hear you, hear you. okay but let's okay to put it differently then maybe like just to get an understanding of like where you're at so on your playlist like i'm curious what are you listening to and why Ah, I'm always so wary of sharing my my playlist because all of my songs are very morbid. I love them. (laughs) I love them. (laughs) They're very dark. Um, I've been listening to Sasha Sloan. 
um, there's a song called um, Too Sad to Cry. Mm-hmm. And that's literally been on repeat on my way to work, on my way back. I've been listening to But who? Pop music in Yana to get you amped for the day. <laughs> no, not I can't. Hey, like I just I don't have it in me. I need like mellow, slow music, yeah, yeah, um, with yeah. very reflective lyrics, just to kind yeah, of like, yeah. speak to mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah. Yes, yes, and hold, just to like hold space for you, you know, exactly. as you're going to work. No, I I feel you. Like for me, it's, um, my playlist has been quite weird. It's it has made like one of the most dramatic transitions, and I think yeah. that really reflects where I am in my life. Like I'm listening to Bosama Walker, Libo Caesar. Okay. Good. I mean, do you know them? <laughs> I <laughs> yes, do. Exactly. Like this, I've been listening to them, and I'm just like, yeah, Tiama, where are you in life? Yeah. Why, why are you? Why are you like um, feeling these mm. artists? Because usually, I'm I'm an Adele, Beyonce, old school R and B, Luther yeah, Ross kind of yeah. person. That's me. You know, I feel like those people um really articulate. Um, love to me, you know, articulate my how I feel. Yeah, you know. But lately, Bosama Walker, Libo Sabrina, Claudio, Libo Mang, they've been saying things that I'm just like, yeah. And you resonate. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, actually, yeah, shame. And I think playing games by Sama Walker is like what I've been what I've been listening to on repeat. Okay, I'll, I'll but listen I to it as well. Give like, I think. <laughs> Waiting. Um, but okay, back to today's agenda. I'm very glad to have you. We are running the Yane series, and I'm very glad that you could join me, right? So personally, I feel like like the phrase Yane is like a perfect South African encapsulation of mm. the phrase God granted me the serenity to accept yeah. the things that I cannot change. Yeah. <laughs> you know that phrase? It's yeah. encapsulated in that in those one, two words, you know. So once you find yourself sitting there and you're thinking and going, yeah, I hate. You know, there, there, there is acceptance, there is peace, and, you know, and there is somewhat a sense of moving on, don't you think? Mm. No, definitely. I mean, I remember when you came to me and you told me about this part of the series and how at the center of it was the concept of Yane. I was trying to reflect and think about, like, what, what one moment really encapsulated that moment of Yane. And I, mm-hmm, thought, like, mm-hmm. I swear, I spent, I spent days, Tiama, and you'd know this because I think you asked me to do this like weeks ago. I spent days <laughs> really reflecting and thinking about what in my life or what moment in my life captured this, this, this phrase aptly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the yeah, answer came. Yeah, the answer came What's very the story crazy. that made you go, yeah, no. It was the realization that Tiamo, every single day of my life as a black woman in South Africa feels like a Yane moment. Mm-hmm. There is mm-hmm. not a moment, there is not a second of my existence that doesn't feel like I need to pray to God and ask Him to grant me the serenity to accept the things that I do not. And I think what cemented the the truth of what I'm saying is I was in a therapy session because we need to do therapy because therapy is important. We need to heal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I was I was in therapy and um, I was narrating my day to my psychologist, and I mentioned to her that you know every day before I leave the house, either to go on errands or to go to work, or just to leave the house, I do a mental check 
So I check where is my laptop? Are able to are, are people able to access it in the event that I'm not able to come back home because someone has killed me? I Ooh. do a mental check mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. where where are my 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 most valuable belongings? Do do people know where my policies are or mm-hmm. are things accessible? And those are the thoughts that I have almost every single day before I leave my house. Have I prepared adequately enough so that in the event that I am not able to come back because my life has been taken or there's been a great tragedy, which is unfortunately such a norm in the country that we live in, have I made sure that it won't be difficult for my family to pick up um, what they can and basically close the chapter of my life? And I remember I said this to her. And for me, it was just like, it was a conversation. I was just like, narrating my day. But this is what I do. And there was a facial expression of horror on her face. She could not understand how it is that I'd come to a point where this was my normal existence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is why I was like, whoa. So actually, this is not normal. It's not okay for you to be so terrified of leaving your house that you need to make sure that everything is in order before you leave because you don't think you're going to come back. And that for me is just really proof that, you know, being black, being woman, um, being in this country under the, the different systems of violence that they are there, every moment feels like a yane existing and trying to survive is always a prayer to God. It's like, yeah, ne, go yeah. I need to get to the taxi and, and I need to like, mm-hmm. yeah, deal with the male gaze and then you get to work and then there's the drama of work and the politics of work and then there's, you know, just those systematic things but I'm, I, I feel like I'm going to ramble a little bit so let me let me put it there. I think that that's essentially, you know, um, that's my yane moment. Um, it's it's just existing in in constant fear. It's existing in constant mourning because you're always mourning the loss of someone. It's existing in constant um, sadness and anger and frustration. And in the midst of that, you're still alive, and there there are moments of like joy, but you you don't have space to to keep them all um and so you wonder like how 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 do i navigate this how because i'm a person mm-hmm. that compartmentalizes because that's what makes sense to me i need to compartmentalize me to do what i need to do if i'm feeling mm-hmm. angry that's all i'm going to be feeling i don't have time to be feeling multiple things at the same time which brings me to the the thing that like i i would love us to talk about is is just this one this one quote by Nigel Patel that literally liberated me in so many ways um it was in the midst of these multiple yanes that I was having that I felt like I was consumed by sadness and anger and frustration and deep hurt yes that yes. I'm experiencing life as I am that I came across this quote and basically said that we're capable of holding space for multiple emotions and issues at once we can survive, protest, and celebrate at the same time. And that, for me, there was like such a shift in my in my thinking when I read that, 
because for so long, because of my, my, my need to compartmentalize, I thought I can only be sad. I can only be angry. I can only be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a state of protest. Mm-hmm. I cannot be multiple things or experience multiple things at the same time. It was very odd for me to think that in the midst of the great sadness I felt inside of me that I could still celebrate or find joy or, yes, or love yeah. others or, or accept the love in return. Um, so yeah, let me, let me give you a moment to comment as well. <laughs> can't jump in because we took five minutes and definitely we have ten. <laughs> Okay, I think we, 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 we can get into a discussion about this. We can get into a good, juicy discussion about this because, you know, I, I love that quote. And I think I told you that I came across that exact same quote um, this year also. You know, I love that quote so much because it carried me through a good chunk of 2020. Yeah. Like a good chunk because I know there was some point where I was just feeling so many things and I'm like, I don't know where to take this emotion. I don't know what to do with that. Um, can I be feeling what I'm feeling right now? You know, basically, mm. I don't know how many times I was like, you know. So I love that quote because it gives the empath in me such a big, huge hug, you know, because they are tired. Mm. Like, homegirl is tired. Like, homegirl is there, the empath in me, but mm. she is exhausted, you know, because we had to hold space for so many things and for so many people, you know, and yeah. you are showing up everywhere. And still having to show up for yourself. Mm. You, you know, know so I think... Yeah, that, that's definitely true. No, go ahead. I think I might have interrupted you. No, you were saying? Oh, no, I was saying I, I definitely feel the same way in that this quote also carried me. Because I think it came out um, at around the time of Joy Floyd, George Floyd happening mm-hmm. around mm. the xenophobic um, attacks that were happening in South Africa. And in the midst, there was just so much vi- physical violence there that was, was happening. So much happening. I don't think. And, and black bodies were at the center of that violence. Exactly. And, and you being a black body yourself and witnessing it, you cannot feel it. And like you say, you're an empath, and I'm an empath too. And we feel things so deep. So we don't deeply. know how not to feel things deeply. So deeply. So I was I was explaining to a friend. I was explaining to a friend that like because there was so much loss happening mm. um mm. this year. So much loss, people passing. And I was telling a friend of mine that I avoid um funerals and such as much as possible because my problem in life is that I carry people's emotions mm. for them. Mm. Like I could sometimes I could I I, I could like burst into tears because i feel like i'm carrying like i can't feel the person's pain as they're feeling it but i mm-hmm. feel like i am carrying it also i feel so heavily i'm just like i have to find sometimes like um do a te- technique where i i sit down and like ask myself okay which emotion that i'm feeling is mine yes <laughs> you know which which one is mine and which one is not mine to have to like give to somebody else not to be like mm-hmm. um disconnected but like which one is mine like can i just mm. sit and deal with that before like we can go out and give um, and pour it to our to other people and hold space for them you know before i start yeah. conflating all my emotions and they build up like which one mm. is mine but you know what i because our conversation is really 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 like um i feel like it's largely on like violent systems right because we live in such mm. a violent society you yeah. know there's racism 
there's patriarchy, there's capitalism, there's um like you find and then like on in the midst of all of this, you find communities with yeah, and you find community with people like that are somewhat similar to you, you know. Mm-hmm. And within those groups, there are more valid systems. You exactly. Know? Yeah. You find um um there's within like your black community, there's queerphobia, you know, there's colorism, mm. you know, within mm. your community, like of like with, with for example, with the community with the queer community there's like desirability politics or whatever community mm. like you mm. like you like it like you understand within different communities like desirability politics and such there are there is um racism within that also you know and yeah. as a person living in the intersections of many of these identities and systems like you are caught caught in such a crossfire you know yeah shots coming at you from different directions you know yeah so my question i feel like to, my question to you is then in the midst of all this, where does where does one go? Where the only place go? to go, the only place to go, is within yourself. Um, over the years, I think my issue has always been a lack of belonging. I think most mm-hmm. of us, as human beings, we are relational beings, so we yeah. seek home and we seek belonging, mm. and that's why I always say that the worst form of punishment to any human being is putting them in isolation and yeah. even society understands that hence in prison how they punish you the worst is if it's they true. put you I, in solitary I, I, confinement yeah. yes. and so that's what is at our essence is that we are seeking belonging and that's why we seek communities etc and for a long time that was all i was looking for just to be a part of something to yes. belong somewhere yes. and at some point tiamo i realized that before you belong anywhere else, you need to belong to yourself and you need to come into yourself and you need yes, to make yourself yes. your home. Mm, true, and, true. And unless you are your own home, you won't be able to find a home anywhere else. Can and I, so, can, yeah, I can, can I, can I raise two, two, two points, two points, you know, one, I love what you just brought up because it, I th- it speaks to something that I really experienced um, in my early teenage like I was in my early teenage years, right? While I was like coming up and growing up, I felt, I also felt like, and like, uh, there was this, like this huge need to belong, you know, in, mm. as a search, in search like of a home and such. I'm sharing this with you because it's like, I don't know, my friends really think I'm ridiculous because I'm like, I'm this kind of person. But I've decided like early in my teenage years, and I'm sharing this because I would like to come back to it like years later to see how this happened. Because um, I decided that I'm going to name my child Lechai. Mm. Does it make sense? Which speaks yeah. to belonging, which speaks to a home, mm. you know, being a home, you being a home to yourself and maybe like that child just being yeah. at home. You know, I think that's a very beautiful name. I feel like the name Lechai is such a beautiful name. So let's see yeah, in a couple of years if Fretlobona please please okay then my second point right so when we speak about um stepping within right um Mm -hmm. a a large portion of that i think and i think we've spoken about this and i've brought this to your attention before it's like self-love am i right Mm -hmm. it involves a lot of self-love a like a lot of affirming yourself and just Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I think about like um, you know, do you remember the ice bucket challenge? Yes, I remember. Yeah, I feel like sometimes you just need to like um 
pour self love like on yourself like that, and then you just like awaken mm. and be like, yeah, okay, kironabarifili, you know. Yeah. But I saw a tweet that really tied um ties into our conversation right now. So and that yeah. tweet said that you cannot love yourself, so you cannot self love yourself out of a violent world. Yeah. And that that really made me go whoa. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Basically, it's the idea that, okay, we fed self-love to ourselves so much. And then somebody comes and says, self-love won't save you from violent systems. That you cannot self-love yourself out of a violent world. How does that make you feel? As, as, I feel, as a self-love practitioner, what does, how does that make yeah. you feel? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when you shared this with me a couple of days ago, my heart sank because I I understood it, mm-hmm. but it also made me think, wow, if we accept this to be true, then what does it mean? Yeah, yeah. Then what does it... For me, it's the repercussions that terrify me. Exactly. Yes. And there is definitely <laughs> truth. That I cannot, I cannot, like, I won't... There is definitely truth to that statement that sometimes the violent systems are so colossal, they are so overwhelming, they are so all-consuming that not even self-love can, can save you out of exactly. them. Exactly. But it also... What, I, what does that mean? But also what I love about it, what my, my, my disagreeing point with it is the fact that it mustn't um, diminish or like, um, yeah, diminish like the importance of self-love mm, mm. in a violent world. Yeah. You know, so I've, I've come across systems like what systems like phrases such as internalized capitalism, internalized homophobia, internalized this. Yeah. You know, I think that's where you need to, to, to ice bucket challenge that self-love on you, you know? Yeah. Where like hello and remind yourself that no, I'm not what these violent systems tell me. No, mm. this is not who I am. This is not how I'm made to maneuver. There's something else, you know? Because I feel like accepting that phrase can literally just send you down. A rabbit hole. <laughs> the the phrase um almost reminds me of um a political ideology that's that's mm-hmm. very contentious in, mm-hmm. in society. Um and I forget the name, but it was very big during our times back in varsity. Um yes. Afro please remind me if if if, if it comes to mind. Afro um, Afro pessimism. Okay. Something along those lines. Afro pessimism. Um, and how I was exposed to this, this political ideolo- mm-hmm, ideology. Mm-hmm. And, and and anyone can just correct me if I have the terminology wrong, but I I I think I know what the thinking is. Um I remember I was in a panel discussion. This was around early fees must fall times. Yes. And we had um it was a BLM. What's this movement by Andy Lee? Oh yeah, um, it was uh, black, uh, black first, land first. Uh, I think that's it. Yes, 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 yes BLF. Yes, BLF. BLF hosted a a a seminar, um, and there was this one guy who who became a good friend of mine. His name was Pura Jack, mm-hmm. and Pura Jack was just like, you know what, guys, the solution to all of this is that, is that black people must just die. Yeah. Must I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> and and I remember everyone was just like, but don't what win. Do you mean? Or, or, Keep quiet. <laughs> I get it. It's like ah, this guy. And I literally, I'm like, I hear you. 
and I, I stopped to go and talk to him to yeah, just kind yeah. of like flesh out and unpack what he was talking about. And what he was saying, it was not physical death per se, but he was saying that let us acknowledge and realize that this violence mm-hmm. is so mm-hmm. true, is so mm-hmm. consuming mm-hmm. that it will lead to our death. Um, and for us to pretend that it's anything other than that, it's silly and we're just like delaying the inevitable. I, if we accept the fact that racism, patri- uh, um, patriarchy and capitalism are so violent that they are intuitively created to lead to our death, then we will fight harder to make sure that they are absolutely destroyed. Yeah. And we imagine a world outside of their complete demise. Because for us to think that we can exist in a world where these things are coexisting and yeah. we're still alive, yeah. Is, yeah. it's not going to happen. And so that he, that's why he was saying that we must just die if we think that we can still live in a world that is capitalist, that is patriarchal, that is racist. Because those things were created to lead to our ultimate death. No, that's um, very true. That is very true. And you know, yeah, you know, this this, this is what I mentioned now earlier on. I was introducing as I was introducing you that you mentioned things that like helped me, that helped me give a name to things that I experience and feel. You know, because mm-hmm. like yeah, I've never I've never come across of I've come across Afro pessimism. I'm going to read more up mm-hmm. on it. But you know, one thing that you what you once brought up, now, it was outside of mm-hmm. um, lecture theater one. Um, you yeah. you quoted something that um that was shared by Baba Lotchauke, you know. Ooh. You know that thing. That that has become the motto of my life. You know that thing. I think I I I, I, I know that thing. I I sometimes we didn't even prepare you. I remember that moment. We literally just like dumped it on <laughs> you, and then you just went about our day. <laughs> You guys Literally, did. I remember your face. You guys did. And for the rest of the day, I was like, ah. <laughs> like, okay, just, Shame, I must apologize. Just, I actually remember. Okay, that. just to contextualize, then, just to contextualize um, for whoever's mm. listening um, to this podcast. Um, okay, I'm going to, do, do you still remember the exact words or, because um, I'm going to paraphrase what What say, say, say what Baba Lotoke said. So, um, I mean, first of all, Pablo Chauke is a phenomenal, yeah, um, yeah phenomenal mind, yeah. absolutely like exquisite human yes. being. Um, and a couple of years ago, he um, basically said this thing that has stayed in the hearts of my and my friends' hearts. And it is basically that black people will die at the altar of black excellence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Like, Ever since we heard that, I mean, I've shared it with everyone that I know. Including me, and now... Including you. (laughs) And for the rest of that day, like, I just sat there, like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. This is it. Because I think you you shared with me at at, at the point where I felt like I'm sacrificing myself to obtain Black excellence. You know, Mm. I'm, I'm sacrificing... Yo, I'm literally, I felt, I felt like, like I'm literally dying at the altar of black. I'm literally, like, it's like, yeah. it, I was, I sat there and I'm like, yeah, this, 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 I, I get exactly what this phrase is saying. Mm. And you know, like, it literally just said, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that, that literally made, that day, that thing made me go, yeah, nah. you see that? Yeah, nah. I was like, yeah. because like, you know, we go through these systems, nah, you know? 
and 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 we like we build up courage and we enter the arena and we say you know we we can do this we can fight we pa- we pass through all these passages and we affirm ourselves like mm. okay we go through all many passages that like affirm us affirm us that okay we can do it you know get a good maxi kids golo keep this and that yeah. so that you can mm. enter this arena you can fight and then you take so many knocks and you are like profiling like mm. I'm going to go and just fight, you know? You know, um, I think this quote, has been most real in my life this year. Because as you know, this year was the year where I transitioned completely from varsity student of course i used to work part-time but i was never a Mm full-time employee mm -hmm. so i I transitioned from being you know a student to being a graduate to being an employee and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. earning a salary and having to kind of deal with what it means to have earning capacity Um, only exactly Mm. you've described it very well actually. <laughs> um, and you being in a corporate space and you know obviously we'll probably like unpack this in another podcast yeah i need to, but, I need to have um, a phone call with you like a non-podcast <laughs> phone call with you about that yeah just 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 being in in a in a in a corporate space and and you being a person of color and you trying to navigate that space and and realizing that there's so much pressure for you to be beyond excellent mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it almost feels like the world is waiting for you to slip up yeah um yeah and the world expects you to slip up um and so the room for error you will realize Tiamo, is significantly smaller mm. for people that look like us yes true um we don't have the luxury of making mistakes. And and I think you you and I have had this discussion where we were talking about how, you know, we need to graduate and you're like, there's no plan B. Like, you yeah, must no. graduate. For, for me, I remember it's... and you're so adamant. And I was trying to like be like soft and kind of like, no, but be kind to and yourself. And I'm like, no, I will let me die <laughs> with this degree. Which I did. I never told you. I never told you the aftermath of that, like, um, like that, that phase, specific phase, because literally, yeah. I think I had my first, like, anxiety attack after that whole phase, you know, and uh, I literally, yeah, got, got up and came to fight, yeah. came to fight again, because mm. there's literally no plan B. There's no plan B. So we don't have the luxury of, of plan B's and, and making mistakes. We don't have safety nets. We, um, we, we didn't grow, grow up with safety nets. So our first try is usually our only try. Mm-hmm. And so that forces us mm-hmm. to like work on overdrive and outperform ourselves and, and like be excellent because for, for us to exist on the same level as other people, we ought to be excellent for us to live 
a yes. dignified life. You you we can't just be, be excellent. No more. You can't just have clean water, Jay. You can't just have good sanitation and exactly. you know a stable house. Without, you must be excellent you must be before you get you that. You must be brilliant. Exactly, exactly. I was telling I was telling somebody like um um I think it was I'm going to not paraphrase myself even because yeah my brain is over the place from exam season. Um, I was telling somebody that the fact that you know um I was like. People like talk about like how much they love Somizi and like you know how much is I mean I think Somizi is like kind of like iconic to South African queer mm-hmm. like you know to queer culture queer communities like it's, it's something he's something if not un- iconic let's say something unmissable something unforgettable you yeah. know and yeah. I was looking at how it's largely like accepted by so many South Africans you know especially like men black men you know how black men mm-hmm. and the homophobia can be. And I'm like, yeah. and I'm like, listen, and I'm reflecting to that too. And I was reflecting that idea, that thought with a lot of other queer people that I know who are, who are like maneuvering life and are like, are like, how can I say it? I don't want to say accepted, like, in, like who are like maneuvering well into the, with the in society mm-hmm. with the waters. And I'm like, all these people are excellent. Mm. You know, so this is a star. You understand? Yes. A lot of people that I know who are queer and like literally are treated with good respect is because they are they are excellent, you know. And then I know sure. some other people who can receive that amount of reverence and and like respect from just being mediocre themselves. Yeah, and just on that point on 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 mediocrity, you know. I'm remembering now a conversation that I was having with my friend, Naledi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was saying to her, you know, what's the one thing that you want to be remembered by? You know, actually the question was, so in the event that you, you die um, and you leave fortunes, what would you leave those mm, fortunes? Interesting to? question. Yeah. Like, um, she, she was, she, she was like, she would create a scholarship and, the only requirements for that scholarship would be that you have to be a mediocre Please. Woman. No, please. <laughs> no, please. And please. I remember I laughed. But no, please. Was, talking to something that's so important. No, please. Like, every merit-based thing for black people, you must be exceptional. Your CV must be You must be exceptional so to get into long. university. You must be exceptional to to get a scholarship to get like student housing Yo. she was like Bruh, like our, yeah. our people are struggling i just want to award people for being mediocre exactly and like let's normalize black mediocrity <laughs> because this thing when i say we are no we are exhausted from having to be excellent 24-7 non-stop yeah. it's killing it's literally killing us <laughs> uh, no no I, I'm you know I'm going to stop us stop the both of us right that's what I say I'm going to stop you right there I'm going to stop the both of us <laughs> right there <laughs> because I I, I uh, like from recording for most of these recordings I know where this leads to it leads to an yeah, hour yeah. conversation you know yes and I think I would love yes. to I would love to have the listener just contemplating and thinking about these things you know and wanting more you know yeah. definitely wanting a part two of some sort with this conversation but this was good like i got things off my chest <laughs> you know i needed to vent yeah. i needed to, i think today the most i needed to vent about systems yeah because child no, thank you so much 
I really, really appreciate. You know how much I love having just conversations with you and being in your presence, albeit mm-hmm. it's virtually. Um, I feel you, and and my my soul honors your soul. And you know, just oh, how that is beautiful. I you, so. well, you know, I love you way more. You can also be the more Instagram. Get hey, come on, I I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Thank you so much for joining me. And I can't wait to have you again, which will be soon. I can't wait to have you again. No, it definitely is going to happen very, very soon. You're just going to have to be patient with me. (laughs) (laughs) But I I promise I, I will be back. So to you at home, to you at home, this episode started with a conversation that is different. You know, I think usually we have... Uh, conversations about our interpersonal relationships. You know, we share stories about hey, I was in a relationship with Mang Mang. This this happened, and then what what not. You know, but this 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 conversation that Lebukhag and I and I had today is very much in line with a concept that pops up in most and almost every single episode, which is self awareness. You know, and just and I like the fact that it took took the form of like um your relationship with systems around you. You know, because sometimes like we 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 are born into these violent systems and as and like as Lebukhan once mentioned, like we 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 walk around carrying these wounds and we do not know that we are actually carrying them, you know, and we don't look into the systems that inform these wounds, you know. So our collective homework remains the same. It entails looking within, stepping inside, confronting, and holding space for yourself, even among even within this huge mess that is 2020. And I think probably by the time you hear this episode 2021, which I hope will be a much lighter and easier year for all of us, you know, reflect on what you've internalized from the system and know that it is not you. The system does not define who you are. I hope your day or your evening brings you love, validation and affirmation. You got this. We got this. I hope you're able to connect with you, with yourself in this mess, you know, and light up that spark within you, hey? Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Listen to this with a friend. Like, drop a comment. Give us a good rating and a positive um, review, you know. Emphasis on positive <laughs> review. Um, the goal is to create a community that enjoys deep, meaningful conversations and, you know, enjoys making positive, meaningful contributions in their interpersonal relationships. And I hope with this podcast, we can really create that and achieve that. I love you for listening. Until next episode. Mwah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>